In Tamiya Mitzvahs, we are after the Mitzvah of Yeras Shemaim. We learn from the Pasuk of Hashem Malakiyat Atiro, the Mitzvah to fear Hashem. And we started last time with the Ram's definition of the Mitzvah, Laham in Yerosah. And that is the Emunah in Yerah. The fact that there is Din V'cheshpan, and that a person lives with that awareness. Now we're going to talk today about the first of the levels of Yeras and even though our first level is something about which the Rambam says that it's the simplest level of Yerushalayim, but just to paraphrase the Gemara, which is talking about Yerushalayim, is Yerushalayim ever a small thing? And if that's the case, even the easiest, so to speak, level of Yerushalayim, on our part, needs preparation. And that's what I want to discuss today. The necessary prerequisites, if I want to call it that, for Yerushalayim on the basic level, which is what's called Yerushalayim, the year of fear of punishment if we do something wrong. And on that level, there are three fundamental principles on which the concept of Yerushalayim is built. The first one, and this is maybe the basic one, that there is an Oynish. Like the Shari Chavarats at the very beginning, Yashiv Badaita, a person has to remind himself and clarify to himself, There is punishment. Hashem doesn't forego, so to speak, the fact that people do a virus and forget about it. Now, that's something which needs to be embedded into our consciousness, is because since we don't see immediate punishment, a person can do things, something wrong, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu is patient. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu waits, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't punish, and this could go on for many years. So much so that a person can forget about what they've done wrong, or could be left with the feeling that they got away with that, so to speak, without punishment. But as we know, that, like the Messiah Shalom tells us, the fact that Hashem doesn't punish instantaneously is really for our benefit. It gives us a chance to do Chavit. And Hashem is prepared to wait, and Hashem is prepared to give us time. But that doesn't mean that there has been forgotten. It just means that, so to speak, the punishment has been delayed to give us the chance to do Chiva, in which case the punishment won't be necessary. But if, chas v'shalom, we don't use that opportunity, then the punishment will come. And we're not talking necessarily about punishments, which are in Olam HaEmes, the punishment of, of the spiritual nature, there's punishment in this world too. Except people don't see what happens in this world as punishment. Because they don't connect the punishment to what they did. People see suffering in this world. People see Yisurim in this world. And there's pain and there's sickness. But people don't see punishment. And that's the first mistake. The Gemara tells us as a principle, any Yisurim below Avay. You see suffering, you see affliction, you see illness, you see death, these things aren't random. And as a rule, none of these things happen without, without the Avera which preceded it. And therefore, what we really need is to adjust the perspective. And that is, when we see misfortune, we don't see it as unlucky. We see it as Oynish. We're not sitting in judgment on people, obviously, and we're not trying to work out on their behalf what they did wrong or why they're being punished. But for us, it's a principle. 
Yisurim come about as because of Averis. And that's not the way people naturally think. Definitely not about their own Averis. People tend to overlook or forget about them. And when later on they get punished, then they're wondering why in the world they deserve punishment. And they can even have complaints on Hashem. Without realizing that every punishment was justly deserved. If a person would connect the two things and would see suffering in terms of Oynesh, so it would be the first step to making Yerushimai more clear. This is the result of Avera. And now there's another point too. Baruch Hashem, for many of us, we're living in a sheltered world where we aren't exposed to Yerushimai on a daily basis. And therefore, altogether, even though one hears stories and one's aware of incidents, one's not living in so to speak, direct contact of Yusurim, and therefore one doesn't see the Oynish so strongly. A person who wants to bring this into sharper focus should visit the ICU of a hospital or any other wards of patients who are suffering. And that brings a person face to face to confront Yusurim. And a person has to think to themselves, this is Einish. This is Einish. We're not judging the people, we don't know what they did wrong. But the principle, this is Einish. They say about the great Rosh Hashiva, Roshua Rozovsky, who died young, he had the Machala. And towards the end of his life, he was in tremendous pain. And he mentioned to one of the Bachrim who was taking a shift and watching him or looking after him, he said that you can, you might always tell. Every pain he feels, why Hashem did it to him? What it came is no initial. If a person lives more with that reality of Oynish, so that's the first step in Yerush Hashem. The first step in the fear which of doing an Avera is because one can see the direct correlation. One can see the direct cause and effect of Avera and punishment. I had a story a few years ago of a certain uh, person who young man just got married and he came to ask me Shailas. and one time he came to he was feeling a little bit guilty and he told me he thinks he might have done something wrong and he told me the story about exactly what had happened and it was clear to me that it wasn't just something small that he had done wrong he had been nikshal on quite a serious severe and uh, it was really through carelessness it wasn't so honest so I tried to point out to him that he should know that this is a, a very, very serious nature and he was responsible for it and he should do a proper chiva. Obviously one doesn't want to be too sharp on people but I tried as best as I could in the circumstances to bring it to attention and I felt that he didn't really take what I was saying seriously. I didn't see him for a number of months, maybe half a year. And then he came back to me with another shayla, this time of a medical nature that his wife had been pregnant and there had been complications and she had suffered a miscarriage and then after two further complications he didn't know what to do. So he came to ask for advice. But while speaking to me he kind of vented the sentiment he was feeling that he can't understand why he deserved such a terrible thing to happen to him and his family so soon after they were married. And like, why is it fair? Why do they deserve to go through such a difficult experience? And it just 
occur to me that even though I'm not the judge, but there's no questions. A person who has done a serious avera through carelessness, an avera which even more than that, the Zohar says that the punishment is that a person will lose their children. And within a year, his wife had suffered a miscarriage. It's not random. It's not a place to have questions on Hashem. This is Einish. A person just has to be able to see and put the pieces together. So that's our first principle. What develops Yira of Yira Sarainish is, is noticing and being aware that there is Einish. There is punishment. It might not happen right away. It might be Hashem is giving us time. But Avera doesn't go unnoticed. And that brings us to the second principle. And that is, a lot of times people have the feeling that there's some Averas which are serious and some things which are, there may be the Halacha, there may be something which was meant to do, but it's not a big deal, it's not so serious. It's something which can be overlooked. And the, the line of thinking goes that something which is of major importance or severity, so Hashem is very like takes care of and uh, will punish for that. But something which is in their eyes, a minor point, something within in their way of looking at it, is not significant. So Hashem thinks of it insignificant as well. And the way they think, surely Hashem doesn't mind if I'm not so careful about the salacha or I'm not so makbid about the stain because it's not so important. That's the second. That's the second mistake. And Mr. Sharon talks about it. And Mr. Sharon says the answer to such people is to look in Tanakh and see how does Hashem deal with seemingly minor mistakes. And he gives us some examples. He gives us the example of Avraham Avinu. But because when talking to Hashem, he said, How do I know that my children will inherit as Israel? He was punished that he was told that his children would go to Goddess for 400 years. And Yosef, because he was in jail and appealed to the Sarah Mashkim, to the butler of Paroi, to help him escape or get freed from jail, so he was punished for the next two years in jail. And the Queen of David, her name was Michal, because she objected to the fact that David was dancing in front of Aaron Kodesh. She died in childbirth. And we can add many more examples. Miriam, because she spoke in a way which wasn't befitting the honor of Moshe Rabbeinu, she was given saras. And in all these examples, the Muslim Shasharim shows us that minor things get punished. It's not just the major avarice which a person does. It's the extra few words. It's the wrong expression. And that's meant to be a lesson to us. The importance we meant to show and the care we meant to take with every action we do because we see that Hashem punishes for every man in interaction too. And the obvious question that is that maybe that's a lesson for an Avramavidu. If somebody's on such a high level, then he should take care of what he says and what he does because he's going to get judged very severely. But for a person who's not on such a high level, so maybe the, so to speak, the level that he's judged, maybe the exactitude of the din is different. And a person can get away, so to speak, with 
minor averus if he's on a smaller level. And that's exactly the point that Mrs. Shishan is trying to teach us. And he proves. And that is that when it, there's two parts to the din. The first part is the verdict, if a person is guilty or innocent. And the second part is the sentencing, which is even if he's guilty, how's he going to get dealt with? How's he going to get punished? And the important principle is like this. The important side, which we have to learn and internalize, is that Hashem's scales of right and wrong, Hashem's principle of justice is absolute emiss. And if that's the case, everybody is held to the same standard. The judgment is judgment, and the emiss is emiss. And like we say in the Dhamma Shoshana, if Hashem would be mamatsi oimekadin, if he's going to judge everybody based on the exactitudes of din, then everybody's going to be guilty. If it's wrong for Avraham Avinu, it's wrong for everybody else. That doesn't mean that we, on the, that we need to be on the same maila, on the same level as people much greater than us. But if something is wrong, it's wrong. Right is right and wrong is wrong. And a person is held to the standard of Hashem's judgment, the standard of the Torah. Now, it's true that the Gemara says that Sadiqim are judged by a hair's breadth. But that's referring to how Hashem then sentences them. That's talking about how they're going to get punished for what they did wrong. And yes, the greater a person's level, the more severely they're going to get punished for a mistake. But a mistake is a mistake nonetheless. And therefore, if it's something which is wrong, it's wrong for everybody. And from that we can learn, from that we can learn the suicide. And that is, there's nothing insignificant. There's no din or halacha which is not serious, so to speak. That Hashem doesn't care about. As I always say it. If Hashem didn't care about it, then it wouldn't have been a halacha. If it's important enough for Hashem to give us such halacha, then it's important enough for Hashem to check up on us. If we're keeping the halacha. Nisim Shashayim brings a Gemara on the Pasuk in Malachi. Malachi says, I'm going to hasten to judge you. For what crimes? Sorcerers, those who commit adultery, make false promises, and those who delay the payment of their workers. And the Gemara says in Chagiga that when Rabbi Yechelen used to come to this pasuk, he used to cry. Because he said, an Eved whose master weighs up serious Averis at the same time as the lightest Averis. And that's true. Hashem doesn't just look at the serious Averis. At the same time, Hashem takes notice of every small, so to speak, Averis as well. That's the second principle of Yerah The second principle of Yerah is, people tend to feel that what they're doing wrong is not serious. It's only small things. They're equally accountable for small things. There's a famous story of the Vilna God. When, when his period in his life, when he was in Golis, he was once stopped at a certain inn on the side of the road to eat. And while he was there, he saw another Jew. A Jew who had given up keeping Torah mitzvahs come inside. And he sat down and he ate without washing his hands, without making a brach. And the God turns to him. And he says, why didn't you wash before you ate? And this apostate tells the Vilna guy, and he says, You think that's my biggest problem? I don't do anything anymore. And the Vilna guy said to him, 
you think that when you get to Shemaim, you're going to get one punishment because you turned your back on Torah and Mitzvahs. It doesn't work like that. Every single thing you didn't do, you're going to get held accountable for. Right now you ate, you were meant to wash before you ate. You were meant to make a bracha. After you finish, you're meant to bench. And you're going to get punished for each of those things too. And that's the MS. Everything gets considered. Everything is seen and everything is weighed up. And it's even more severe than that. Rabbi Yonah, at the beginning of Shari Shlishi, of Shari Chivan, he's talking about Mitzvah Rabbanim. Rabbi Yonah says, he's explaining a memory from the Gemara, which says that if a person's over on Divir Rabbanim, he's high of Mesa. Rabbi Yonah asks, how can it be that something for which many Mitzvahs of the Torah don't carry a death penalty, a person's high of Mesa for being over the Rabbanim? And Rabbi Yonah basically answers, that's exactly the point. The reason that it has such a penalty is because the reason he was over is because he was thinking it's just a Durabanan. He didn't take it seriously. He thought it's not a big deal. And that itself deserves a punishment. So that's our second point. Once again, the first point is to be aware that there is Einish. Even here in this world. The second point, what's a person going to get punished for? Everything. Nothing's overlooked. Nothing's forgotten. And therefore, the year of Hashem is that in everything we do, we're meant to be thinking, are we doing right or wrong? Are we keeping the halacha or not? And this brings us to the third point. And the third point, I want to preface with a story. Which I, have, I was I heard a few days ago. And they just brought into sharp focus for me this, this third idea we're going to discuss. A certain couple who asked, they needed some shalom bias counseling, they asked to speak to me. Okay, I made the time for them. So the lady starts to tell me that her husband's not doing a good job as a husband. He's never there for her, he never helps her. He's never concerned about her. He's never available for her. And to sum it up, she basically said, he's still living like a bachar in a dormitory, even though he happens to be married. Okay. They were both sitting in front of me. So I was watching the husband's reaction to all of this. And he was sitting with like a small smile on his face, and like nodded his head at each thing she said. So when she'd finished, I started him and I said to him, do you agree with all the points that your wife has brought up? Is that the case? And he says, yes, it is. So I said to him, so then do you feel she's right, that she's unhappy? So he said, yes. So without trying to be too directly aggressive, so I said to him, so then maybe she, you should try and... Uh, live up to the expectations that she would want from you. Maybe you should try to be a different kind of husband. And he said to me, what do you want from me? My parents got divorced when I was a baby. So I grew up without a father. I never had a role model what a father's meant to be. Okay. I understand that and therefore. 
Therefore, so what do you want from me? Now, I'm sure anyone listening to this, I'm sure you all think straight away, that that's a weird thing to say. Maybe he's at a disadvantage. Maybe he's at a disadvantage because having grown up without the role model of a father, so he doesn't have the natural, so to speak, understanding of what a husband or a father's role is. Maybe it's something he needs to be explained to him, or something he needs to be shown. But we all understand intuitively that's not a reason not to change. It's not a reason to say, well, it's too bad, so I'm not going to be a good husband or father because I never had a role model. That's not an excuse. It may be a factor which can explain the way things are, why they are. But, okay, so now there's more of a job one needs to do to change. Is that a reason for things to remain the way they are? But what this person expressed is actually a mindset a lot of people have. And that's the third point we wanted to talk about. People know sometimes that what they're doing isn't right, or they know they're doing things wrong. But they feel that they have a tiniest onus. They feel that they have a reason why Hashem should forgive them. Why they're an onus. You know, they were, their rabbi treated them not nicely when they were small. Their parents weren't good role models. They were bullied by their friends. They had some traumatic incident in their childhood. And therefore, and therefore, so we can do what we want. It might be wrong, but uh, we have an excuse. That's a big mistake, Rabbi Say. There's no such thing. There's no such thing. A person is judged by what's right and what's wrong. A tiniest oyness isn't accepted in Shemai. And let me explain. That's not that Hashem doesn't understand the person's circumstances. Hashem knows very well the person's circumstances. And if there's room for Hashem to waive punishment, to forego, so to speak, giving the oynesh, because He feels the person was the oynesh, so then HaKadosh Baruch Hu makes a cheshman of his oynesh. Like in the words of the Gemara, Oynes Rahman Patri, Hashem lets him off. That's not an argument a person can advance. You're a mechuyev. You can't say, Lechatchila, I'm not going to do something because I'm an Oynes. You're a mechuyev. If a person didn't do, and as a result of that, he's now, he's now standing in front of the basin, and his, the question is how he's going to get sentenced, so then Hashem can decide on the fact of what kind of punishment he deserves. That's never a reason for a person not to do something. Let me explain this a bit deeper. There's a Gemara which is brought in the Sirius Shasharim. That anybody says, anyone who says that HaKadosh Baruch is a veteran, somebody who always forgives, he's going to, he's so to speak, given up on his life. And that is the explanation. Hashem doesn't forgive? Of course he does. So what's wrong with saying Hashem is a veteran, somebody who forgives? So the explanation I'm about to share with you I heard from a Mary Rabbi Ramesh Shapiro Bracha. He gave us a dogma, as a marshal, as a Gemara in Baba Metzia. The Gemara is discussing the mitzvah of helping another Jew whose donkey has, so to speak, crouched over under the weight of what it's carrying. And in that circumstance, you have a mitzvah to help it out. And on that, the Gemara says, 
Rovets means right now it, it happens to have kneeled over under its weight. But it's not a raptor. It's not an animal which is always going to crouch as soon as you put a weight on its back. An animal which is refusing to, ca- to carry anything, and therefore you know in advance he's going to refuse to, to pull or hold the weight, he's going to kneel down under it. An animal gets you know, to have. And that's the difference between some, an animal who in the circumstances he fell or an animal who is going to do that. And that's the same thing here also. Of course HaKadosh Baruch is Mavatim. Of course Hashem forgives. And Hashem overlooks punishment. And Hashem is merciful. But that's when Hashem decides to overlook punishment to be merciful. It's never Lechatchila. It's never up front that Hashem says in advance you don't have to keep a mitzvah. Up front, you're going to get forgiven for what you do wrong. If the person says Hashem is a veteran, what he's saying is, I know Hashem is going to be moichel me on something, and if I don't have to do it. That's never ever the case. Hashem's expectation is that a person does keep the whole term. A person is careful with each halacha. In the case where it didn't happen, but he have it, and a person did something wrong, now, how is Hashem going to punish him? Then there's a mocking for Hashem to decide whether he deserves to be punished or not, and how severely. But that's never an excuse to be used the chatechila why a person is not going to do something. Like we said before, the Gemara also says the expression, Oynes love command of Adami. And Oynes is not like doing something. An excuse isn't equal to what. A person fulfilling his obligations. And therefore, the basics of the principles on which the Yerusha Oynish is built, on which the fact that a person will develop a fear for doing something wrong, Yerusha Hashem on this level is built is firstly, there is Oynish. We can see it in our world today as well. Except we have to see it not in the terms of we see suffering, in terms of we see Oynesh. Secondly, that's not just for bigger variants. Hashem takes every Averi into consideration. Of course, a more serious Averi needs a more serious Oynesh. But sometimes, like the Son of Ben Yoyna, the very fact that a person doesn't consider a mitzvah something important, the very fact that a person's mezalzal in it, that can deserve a severe Oynesh too. And then the last point, and that is, there's no excuses up front. There's no tainas on this. A person can't justify not doing something because Hashem is going to consider me an onus. Obviously, if something's impossible for a person to do, that's a different story, but that's not what we're talking about. And if that's the case, then a person is confronted with the mitzvahs. He has to do them. There's no excuses. Hashem is taking notice of each one. That provides the basis for a person to work on and develop the year of Sainish. Just in conclusion, I always say the best Muslim book in the world is the Sefer Azar. Because Azar has a perspective of showing you how important every mitzvah is. The Zohar shows you the depth and the, 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 the nafkimina, what everything a person does has in Shemaim. And therefore that brings home to a person. This is not something minor. 
This is something major. As every halakh is something major. And therefore it gives a much more of a uh, fear of being over on it. I want to finish with the famous marshal of the, the Dubna Maggid, which just brings this point home so well. And he tells a story of somebody who wanted to apprentice to become an architect. So he goes to an architect and asks him if he can train him into the job. So the architect is willing to try. So he gives him the blueprint of a building. And he says, I want you to make an exact copy of this plan. Okay, so the apprentice sits carefully with the papers and his pens, his rulers. And as best as he can, he makes an accurate replica of the plan that he was given. And he brings it to the architect to be checked. He says, I did it very carefully. I checked this exact copy of what you did. The architect looks it over. And he says to him, you find it on the spot. There's no way I'll ever trust you to work with you. And this young man is devastated. And he says, I don't understand. I did such a good job. What are you firing me for? So the architect says, come here, I want to show you. Look at my plan and look at the plan you drew. You see this little dot in the picture over there? You left it out. You see the start over there? You left it out. So the brother says, but look, everything else I did the same. So I left out one tiny dot or two that makes such a difference. And the architect said, that's exactly the point you don't understand. He said, a little dot in the blueprint represents a pillar in the building. If you leave out that dot here, then they're going to build a building without its supporting pillars. And the whole thing is going to collapse. That's exactly the problem. You think of it just as a little dot. And that's the side you have to learn as well. The Torah is the blueprint of the world. One little halakha we might not we can take cognizance of here. Or care about enough here. We think it's just a dot in the blueprint. It's just a stiff cotton in the Shulchan You have no idea which pillar in Shemaim that's holding up. And what's going to crash if we don't keep it. And that, like I said, is the basis of your Yerusha'inish.